Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Dylan James right here on Out of Bounds. Dylan James on JDF Media. I am joined, as always, by Tyler Sorensen this evening to discuss week two in the NFL. A lot of action took place this weekend. Some of those things we saw in week one didn't really pan out in week two, vice versa, on some other teams. Um, and I also think that we saw some some teams that really flourished in week two and some teams that really fl- fell flat on their faces in week two as well, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Alex Hanley joining the show this evening. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks for tuning in. If you are out there, want to jump in the comments, feel free to do so. Let me know which 2-0 team you think will miss the playoffs and which 0-2 team do you think will make the playoffs this year. There are some answers that are kind of trickier than others in that conversation, which we'll talk about more at, towards the end of the show. But Tyler, how has your evening been? I know you're eating a, a, a late dinner at this hour, but I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're tuning in and glad you joined us tonight. Yeah, I just got home from practice. It's been a tough few weeks. We're 0-4, week 6, 1-5 right now. How bad was it this weekend? uh 56 to nothing for varsity okay so it was pretty it was a pretty bad pretty pretty bad but hey i'm coaching the freshman so i got i gotta say this is a positive try to keep on being positive our freshmen scored their first ever touchdown this week okay and each week so far they've played they've gotten better and better on defense 36 week or 37 week one 36 last week and 34 this week so getting better Progress. Slowly but surely, but it's only the freshmen, so it's a little bit rough for them. But I'm glad that we're talking about NFL football and not high school football. Yes, absolutely. Because been, I, have, I know nothing about high school football. So um, if people ask me who are the big prospects coming out of high school to college to look out for, I have no idea. I think the biggest I mean, one I knew over the past few years was Archie Manning going to Texas, but that was really the only big he, name I knew coming out of high school football. Yeah, the team that we just say is Franklin High School is the – I think top seven in Wisconsin high schools for division one and their starting running back is a excuse me four-star commit to Buffalo oh that's so he yeah it's rough when you're facing talent like that and especially they the high school that we faced is they teach him from like three-year-olds to now because it's a, it's a smaller s- suburb outside of Milwaukee so oh so it's, it's just it's in their rough. DNA football's in, in their, their DNA, DNA. yeah oh yeah it's in their DNA them Oak Creek we're just we're just trying to get our numbers up, trying to get fundamentals in, and of course, having a new coach again, it's rough, especially ever since my coach uh, passed away in 2019. It's it's been a rough sort of lineage after him. We've had three coaches in the span of, I believe, five years. So, wow. All right. Well, you're there now. So, I mean, that's yeah. all that matters. You're there coaching now, and let's see how how the kids start performing once you've gotten some more tread on the tires when it comes to, uh, or less tread on the tires. I don't really know what the verbiage would be. Or, this, I guess more, less. More experience, basically. Yeah, there you go. More experience under your belt. Let's just go with that phrase yeah. instead. Um, so welcome to the show. Once again, we're talking week two in the NFL. Some exciting <laughs> things to discuss. Um, some not so exciting things happen this week as well, though, because injuries always play a huge part. We talk about it every single week where there are stars that are going down with injuries. And this week was similar to other weeks we've discussed 
when it comes to injuries. So some of the big key injuries that happened last night, obviously Nick Chubb going down with a gruesome. I don't know if you saw the the replay, Tyler, but it was a, I, I understand now why ABC didn't show it when they didn't, because you, you heard the crowd reaction when the stadium saw the replay and you knew instantly that it was just not good. It was not good. Oh. It could be a, I mean, it's a season ending injury, which he'll be out for the rest of the year, obviously, but an injury like that as well could potentially be a career ending injury as well. Yeah. I, I watched it cause I was at, I was at the freshman game. We play on Mondays. So I was watching it after the freshman game and I'm just like, this is bad. Hopefully he's not like, hopefully he's back next year because like you said, it could be a career ending injury. Like, Something like that, especially as a running back, especially nowadays where running backs aren't really paid well. I don't want to say paid well, but like the top priority, it's like it's rough. And especially now with them looking back to trying to get Kareem Hunt back, I think that I think they'll probably pay top dollar to try to get him back. Wasn't less smart in the move. system last year. Smart move is basically an, another um, worse Nick Chubb. I don't think you'll ever find a running back as powerful as Nick Chubb, but hopefully he's able to come back again next year and at least be his old self if not if not just a little bit slower. Yeah. I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be possible that he's gonna be a little bit slower. Hopefully he's not like too slow, but hopefully he's just able to be like I don't want to say a shell of his former self, but still be able to produce like he did last season. The good thing about Nick Chubb is that well not necessarily it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing is he's actually been through an injury similar to this in college. His last year in college against Tennessee, he had the same same similar injury, I believe to the same leg as well. Um, so he's gone through the recovery of something like this in the past. But on the flip side, it's the second time this has happened to the same leg. And it's just a very, very, he's older now. It's just a very hard injury to come back from. Um, prayers up for him. Uh, Wesley's already in the chat. I'll pop up his comment in just a minute because he actually has another comment on top of that. But definitely prayers up to Nick Chubb. Hopefully everything does turn out to where he can come back into the league. I mean, I, I would love to see him next year on the football field because he's an electric running back. He was one of the main voices in the Zoom call they had earlier this season as well in that text group that Derrick Henry started. He was one of the key voices in that conversation of the value of a running back and it's just tough to see a running back of his stature go down with that kind of injury in prime time on Monday night football. I mean, it's just not, not, not good. So once again, prayers up to Nick Chubb. Hopefully he has a full recovery from his injury. Wesley is chiming in this evening. Good evening, fellas. Hashtag go Colts hot take. In my opinion, Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the league. Don't want to have to use him, but I'm comfortable Comfortable if we do. Prayers up for Chubb. Yes, he is a... I'll give you this, Wesley. Uh, you know that we have our little quarrels when it comes to the Colts and the Titans. But I will give you this. I do like Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew was probably a better starter than Anthony Richardson this year. If I were in the Colts organization, I would have probably wanted to start Gardner Minshew over Anthony Richardson just because give him time. Don't rush him out there onto the field and get shell-shocked by injuries. And and at this point, he's gotten injured the first two weeks of the season, getting knocked out in the second week with a concussion. 
Just not a very good start to his career, his young career in this league. Hopefully a long career. I would love to see a battle between Anthony Richardson and all the other quarterbacks in the AFC South and also just the AFC in general because I think he does have talent. But yes, Gardner Minshew is one of the better backups in football, but there is a reason why he has been sent to the backup position in this league. He's not going to be a guy who can string along two, three, four, five plus wins in a season. Um, There's a reason why he's a backup quarterback there. But yes, Gardner Minshew is a good answer if you can't have Anthony Richardson go next, next week, which all signs are pointing to that because we've seen concussions over the past few years to where it does last at least two, maybe even three weeks that you see players out from concussions. Yeah, not to mention, too, I think Minshew is good for, like, that shock factor, just having that one, two-game stretch where he he's going to fling it. He was in that Mike Leach offense for three of his, I think it was three years or two years, so he knows how to throw that ball. He can fling it, but it just, it just sucks with the amount of weapons that the Colts have. I think it's going to be rough, but I think he could lead that offense to, I don't know what their next few games are, but I think he could lead them to like one, two wins, especially if Richardson is out for that long. I think he could lead a team to a one, two win. Obviously they, he struggled in Jacksonville. I don't want to say it was all his fault. It was a lot of bad coaching and it just being Jacksonville where they only got one pick, but also the fact of Trevor Lawrence was going to be the first overall pick no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Gardner Minshew definitely, I would have loved to have seen him be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But again, having Trevor Lawrence there instead, I mean, that kind of that kind of helps. Um, Wesley says, starting Minshew wouldn't have bothered me if we were out of playoff contention by halfway through the season, throw Richardson in then. Mark it down. I think this is the only time in the show's history, moving forward even, that Wesley and I agree on something when it comes to the Colts. Um, so that's great. I mean, I'm glad that we agree on something when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. Wesley also says Ravens, Rams, Titans, next three. Oh, with the schedule. Okay. Well, I can Titans, see them beating the Rams. I least. can see them beating the Rams. The, the Ravens are going to be a tough test, but the Colts defense can hold their own in games. We've seen them do it so far this season. We've seen them do it the past few seasons as well. Um, as long as their star players are out there and producing. But Rams, I could see them winning against. Titans is going to be a tough game just because it's a divisional battle in that scenario, especially if the Titans keep it close like they, they've done so far this season in games. Um, we'll see how that goes. And also, Jonathan Taylor might come back as well. So that's another piece that might throw a wrench into things if the Titans do play up against the Colts and, and Jonathan Taylor's out there. So, um Ravens would be the the main worry I would have for the Colts, secondary to the Titans. Secondary to the Titans. But Ravens, definitely, that's going to be a tough test next week. Um, Gardner Minshew's first game being the starter, I think that's going to be a tough test for them. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the Colts, I mean, having Gardner Minshew out there, having some veteran presence out there will be good for them. And uh, Anthony Richardson can kind of heal up, take his time. And I think it's a good scenario for the Colts at this point. So good for them. Um, talking about injuries, some more injuries that happened this weekend. Saquon Barkley went down as well with an injury in the Giants game. Um, not ruled out, though, from Thursday Night Football this week so far. Tweaking his ankle. That's not real. It's something you need to run the ball like Saquon does. 
And unfortunately, like I've said before, like I said about the Giants coming into the season, Saquon, that was the healthiest year he had last season. And it's not going to happen again. And he's already injured in week two. Just does not look, doesn't feel like it's the Giants year. I think last year was the ceiling for the Giants. Yeah, I think it was too. Last year was just good. I feel like, especially starting out zero and 60 point differential in your first six quarters of the season, that doesn't look good for a team. I think they're, I think they were excited going heading into this year with a nice sort of splash. In the, I don't want to say splash in the pan here, but a nice looking team didn't really have a lot of that offensive weapon that Brian Dable wanted. Obviously Saquon was healthy the entire time as it was able to show it. And then now you get uh Darren Waller, you got to you target your wide receiver core with Giant Hyatt out of Tennessee in the draft. You get a little bit more wide receivers and just, let's just look, they get worse at the wide receiver position. Like, I don't know if it's just Daniel Jones or if it's actually the wide receivers or what it is, but they need to figure out something stat, especially with Daniel Jones being 40 mil. Getting oh, a $40 yeah. million dollar a year contract. Absolutely. And I mean, I, even though they did win this weekend, they came back and won this weekend, had the largest. They shouldn't have won this weekend. <laughs> they shouldn't have won this weekend. They had the largest comeback in Giants history since. A, it's been a long time since they had a history since like the, that. Since the, uh, probably since the Miracle of the Metal. Yeah. No, wait, no, that was against them. Never mind. I was thinking Miracle of the Metal Lens Part 2, but that was. Uh, Eagles coming back against the Giants. Yes, yes. Uh, there, 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 there was a stat, though, saying that this is the largest comeback they've had since a certain date. It's been a while, though. But um, it was against the Cardinals. Like, I mean, yes, it's great to come back. Yes, it's, it's a great story. You know, hopefully they have confidence going into the next week. But you just beat the worst team in the NFL. So how 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 much can you actually celebrate knowing that that's the team you beat? Alex Hanley saying Danny Nichols can be good if he can get on the same page as his receivers. He can be. I mean, he's been he's been known and Dan, Danny Nichols is a good nickname for him this year. He's been known as Danny Dimes. He's thrown some good balls, especially last year. He was throwing good balls. That's the reason why he went to the playoffs in the first place. But then just got railroaded by the the Eagles. But he did beat a team, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, the team is now currently zero and two in the next season. But yeah, I mean, he, the Giants hit their ceiling already with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Unfortunately, I think that's that's the case there in New York. So um, unfortunate for Saquon. We'll see if he'll actually go on Thursday night. If he does go, he won't be a hundred percent because of that ankle. Um, so we'll see how long he actually lasts in that game as well. The Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson got injured last night. Lions DB CJ Gardner Johnson. He is out for the rest of the season. He was one of their big playmakers in the defense. I didn't see it was a confirmed. I'm surprised it's confirmed, but I think it is confirmed. Yeah, I think so. That sucks for the Lions. They had big hopes for him. He looked good. I think he was starting to look good. He thought it was coming to come to his own at that Lions defense. Yeah. And yeah, he made plays for him. In the first two weeks, he's he's made plays, but he I believe it's it was confirmed there was a pectoral. Yeah, I don't I know it was a torn pec, but I don't remember if it was if it was out for season or out for long amount of time. It's at I it's at it was, least a long amount of time. Maybe not the whole entire season. They might have be they be hopeful that he comes back for the playoffs at least. Um, we have seen players like have this injury in the past that have come back 
towards the end of the season. Um, but we'll see how long it actually holds him out from, from the team this year. Um, and once again, Anthony Richardson down with a concussion, probably out for at least a week or two, if not more, um, depending on how cautious they will be and also how good Gardner Minshew is going to be as well. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of along the same lines as Wesley. If Gardner's playing well enough, just why, why, why rush Anthony back at this point? He's already gotten injured twice. He had the injury in week one, and then also this concussion in week two. Uh, hold him out for a little bit. Just make sure he's fully healthy before he comes out. We don't want a Joe Burrow situation on our hands. And speaking of Joe Burrow, he went down with a calf injury. He got he re-aggravated his calf injury from preseason football. And who knows if he'll be playing this coming up week. They're, they're, they're cautiously optimistic he can come back to the field quickly. But do you really rush back Joe Burrow? Should you have rushed back Joe Burrow in the first place? Oh, I think I think I was the first one on the train that he should at least set out week one. If you're like you just paid him a boatload of money, obviously you want him to play. Obviously you want him to look good for your team, but he looks like poo. He looks like shit. Yep. Might as well have just let him sit. Have your backup going. Your backup didn't look any better, in my opinion. But at least you know what he's going. And now I believe like Jamar Chase is looking disgruntled a bit. I think he wants more deep shots. And it looks like that team has sort of started to teeter towards the side of like, uh-oh, what's going on in Cincinnati? And they have a good team. Obviously, their DBs aren't the best, but I think they can hang with some of the some of the higher-up teams. I think that offense is really strong. Obviously, Joe Mixon is a little bit of a question mark downside, but I think you look at that team and you, th- you would think that they would be at the top of the AFC North, not not at the bottom of it, basically. Yeah, uh, not not a good start for the Bengals, although they did start 0-2 last year and see where it got them. So I, I'm not, I'm cautiously optimistic on what's going to happen this season for them. I, the only bad thing is it took away Joe Burrow's mobility. That's the big thing. Yeah. They came out after the game saying that they were scheming things around keeping him in the pocket more to where he wasn't using his legs, and that's hindered them a lot. That, that It just goes to show that his mobility was a key factor in their success last year in the few, the first few seasons of his rookie of his career so far in his rookie contract to where now they're potentially in, in trouble when it comes to playoff contention this year, just starting out the gate, losing their first two games, which, Oh, by the way, their division games as well, just not a good start for this team. But I mean, I guess people say if any team can do it, why not the Bengals? They did it last year, do it again this year. However, there is a stat that I was going to bring up later in the show, but I'll just bring it up now because it's just a great stat. From 1990 to 2022, 265 teams started 0-2, and of those teams, only 30 of them, which is about 11% of those teams, made the playoffs. And guess which team, guess which team was the latest team to do so? The Bengals last year. So... Can they do it two years in a row? Can they come out of the 0-2 hole two years in a row? Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments below. We will talk more about that later in the show with 0-2 and 2-0 teams to see who are contenders and who are the pretenders. So, another one, Stetson Bennett. We, we haven't gotten clarification yet on what's happening with Stetson, even though Sean McVay did come out and say, Listen, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you, we're going to keep it in house. I'm not going to give you any details. However, there are some things that are bigger than football. 
There's some speculation that it might be alcohol-related when it comes to Stetson because there were times that he was having the, the partying before he became a quarterback and whatnot. Um, he had that issue in, I think, in Georgia, wasn't it? That he got pulled over? Yeah, or... in January this year after the after the uh, championship after the championship game, he got pulled over in Dallas and got arrested. For, Dallas, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. It was arrested for public intoxication, which I think that's sort of, okay, in my opinion, I'm going to say this right now. I feel like that's a little bit blown out of proportion because you just went back to back in the national championship game. I think you're allowed to have a drink, especially when you're 24 turning 25. I think that's fine. I think a mixture of that as well as the death of his teammates, though, I think that might have thrown him down a path. That's just me speculating. Obviously, I don't know everything, but I, think, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that did start to. Obviously, you're close with your teammates, especially when I believe it was his starting offensive lineman. You're friends with him, and you don't want to see him happen. And when that and the way that that happened, that sucks. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if it's something down that way, but I could be. I wouldn't be surprised too if it's like, oh yeah, my mother's in the hospital. I need to worry about that. Like, I think Sean McVay is very willing to let players realize hey more than football he's he's the youngest coach ever i believe like he knows he knows he was contemplating retirement two years ago when after he won the super bowl yeah i mean uh, yeah he, he he definitely he has that human element he knows that there there is there are things out there more than football and you know it, it's a good it's good for him good for the organization for allowing this to happen for allowing him to step away take care of his business, and they're still going to be there. They're still going to op- welcome him with open arms if he decides to come back to football. But in the meantime, figure out what's going on in, in your personal life, and then we'll still be here. If you need us, we we will support you 100%, which is great for them. So we'll see if Stetson Bennett is able to walk back onto a football field after this. Um, if we hear any more, If we hear any more confirmed news about Stetson Bennett, we'll let you know right here on Out of Bounds. Um, also another big piece of news that happened this weekend that was kind of brushed under the rug. It was, it was a very, very quiet story. Patrick Mahomes restructured his contract. It's, uh, $210.6 million through 2026. He will receive. So in a four year span, that's the most money in NFL history over that span, which is crazy to think um that he's making that much money but they have discussed they will come back to the the negotiation table in 2026-27 to talk about contract extension potential moving forward but um getting that much money is is a huge deal for him he's earned it especially winning the super bowl last year his success in afc championship games in super bowls as well uh he keeps taking the chiefs to to the promised land and they paid him for it Huge. Yeah. Um, so now let's go into week two. There were a lot of games out there that once again were were very, very convincing of of some performances out there and also some games that were not very, very good. Um, but the big ones that we were gonna talk about tonight, one big thing, I, I know this was kind of the one of the topics that we put in the in the title for the show tonight. Let's talk about this for a second before we get into all these games. The Dallas Cowboys. So the Dallas Cowboys their defense has been very good the past two weeks. Very good. Scoring touchdowns left and right. 
The offense is kind of sputtering, not really doing well without Kellen Moore at the helm of the of the offense. But they're they're still putting points on the board, and the defense is able to carry the slack, carry that momentum each week to where they're able to win games. They're two and zero right now, and. The big question to me, and for, for you, I'm going to pose it to you as well, and the audience too, if you guys want to chime in, feel free to uh, comment below, but are the Dallas Cowboys making a run to the Super Bowl this year? Is this team the team to do it this year? I mean, defense wins championships. As much as I hate to say it, defense does win championships. I think we still got to see a bit more of that offense. I think it's a Mike McCarthy led offense. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen it when we went 15 and one in the regular season and our defense fumbled the ball. But here's the thing though. They do have Dan Quinn, who is a former head coach. I believe he led his team to, he was the head coach of the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl, correct? Yep, he was. So he has Super Bowl pedigree. He can lead the team to the playoffs. He can lead the team to a, to a Super Bowl. I think, I think it's going to be tough, but I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I think they could be. I think this could be the first time we've seen them in the Super Bowl since, what, the 90s? So that mean might die out, but I think they could. Do I want to see them in the playoffs? No. Do I want to see them in the Super Bowl? No. But I think it, I think it's very, very strong that it could be. I think if it were to end right now, I think it would be Dolphins-Cowboys right now. Because those two teams look like they're on fire. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty accurate. I think those two teams would be would be in the dance right now. But Dallas always does something every single year. There's usually one play, one game, one drive that is the difference maker for that season. Every single year for the Cowboys. So far, they've been able to ride their defense for the first two weeks of the season to get to that 2-0 start. Last week, they played up against the Jets. Or this week, in week two. So, yeah, it's not the best team. They're not going to put up that, that many points in the first place because you have Zach Wilson throwing the ball, which he just does not look good at all so far. I don't know what, what happened to him because in the preseason, he was kind of looking good. Aaron Rodgers out there on the sideline giving him some plays, and he was able to go out there and score some touchdowns. And then the regular season comes along and Zach Wilson says back to my old ways. I don't know what's going on with the jets, but I mean, I honestly it, think, sorry. I honestly no. think though, it's because Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers is not on the sideline. Yes. On this past Sunday, I think it was because he was not on the sideline. He was at home. I genuinely think Rogers on that sideline. is just a calming presence. We saw it. I know I've seen it with my own two eyes. Look at them at Flynn game against Detroit, throwing four touch, four touchdowns in the first quarter. I think, He's just that calming presence. I think he can make sense of the Nathaniel Hackett offense. I don't I don't I don't think that fits with that team. I think that was mainly just like try to luring Rodgers over again. And I think that this time I think it worked, but I think now with Rodgers out, I think he's gonna need to try to change it. And I don't think it's gonna work because you look at that sort of same thing with I feel like Zach Wilson is a much, much, much not much, 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 much worse. Uh, Russell Wilson, and we saw what that was like last season with that defense, with that team. It's very, very similar. Yeah, it is. Uh, again, having Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, that's the difference maker there. 
We'll see when Aaron Rodgers goes back to the sideline because I'm sure he's going to be at his house, bedridden probably for two weeks at minimum, most likely. Because, I mean, why else is he out there? You know, I mean, in, in his mind, he's probably going, why else am I out here? Might as well just stay at home instead and watch the game from the house or watch the game from a suite or, you know, something along those lines. But, I mean, they put up 10 points in the second quarter. That's all they did on the day. Zach Wilson had three interceptions. Three picks. Yeah. Which I think two of them were actually his fault. The other one might have been a tip. But on the other sideline, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott did not throw any picks through two touchdowns and threw for 255 yards. So only had seven incompletions as well against a pretty good Jets defense, too. I mean, the Jets defense, that was what people were talking about. They were saying, look, Jets defense, championship pedigree, they, that team would be able to take mostly anybody to the Super Bowl, except for Zach Wilson. Mostly anybody to the Super Bowl. Um, but now they're 1-1, one one. the Jets are. Cowboys are 2-0. and Dak's not really turning over the ball. However, he hasn't really put up much offensive production compared to what we thought they would over the first two weeks. So that's the big question mark to me is, is offensive production. We'll see if that works, if it clicks going into week three, week four, once we start seeing different competition for them, competition that actually has starting quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to see the Cowboys not make it to the NFC champ, at least the NFC championship game. I could see them making it there. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them at the NFC Championship game and then lose to San Francisco somehow again. But I also, too, looking at this by the box score, you can't have Brees Hall only getting four carries for nine yards. You got to get him somehow to get activated. You can't have Zach Wilson being your leading rusher and leading ball carrier. Like, you got to get your your star running back, your star running back activated. And I think yeah. he was annoyed with it. I believe he. Didn't he tweet out something with like the four football emojis representing his four carries, or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, I believe that was him. That sounds similar. I think that was him. I don't know if it was, unless it was some other green team that I'm. Might have been, of, but I don't think it was. Hmm. I think it was him. But I wouldn't be surprised. You gotta get him. You gotta get him activated somehow. Like I don't care if it's just tiny screens or running game. You gotta get him activated, especially when dealt like. Delvin Cook is the same amount, of, same amount of carries and he has two less yards. Delvin Cook is old. Like, he can't really run anymore. Brees Hall needs to be activated. It, there's just little things, again, where I'm like, I'm looking at that team and I'm just like, I worry about that offensive coordinator. I worry about it because it's the same thing that was happening in Denver. You weren't getting your star running back activated and then he got hurt. So, obviously, you couldn't get him activated more, but you got you to gotta focus on it. That's the, that's the That opens up a lot more to the offense than you'd think. Obviously, we are talking about the NFL, though, but... People are people are human. They're gonna bite on some stuff. Get that get that running game open. Help Zach Wilson a lot. Obviously, Rodgers doesn't really need it all that much because he's Aaron Rodgers. But Zach Wilson needs it. He's still young. He's still very very young. Yep. Um, funny thing to me here, if I'm looking at these numbers correctly, so Zach Wilson threw the ball 27 times in this game. Got sacked three. So that's 30 plays that were called in this game just from Zach Wilson throwing and, and the sacks. Then we have 16 rushes. So you're telling me they only had 46 plays, offensive plays in this game? 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds like a Mike McCarthy offense. Like, I mean, Mike McCarthy that, had 38 attempts, 44 rushes. That sounds like a Mike McCarthy that, offense. Just take the time off the clock. That's the bad thing right here. Why are you relying so much on Zach Wilson? Why, why are you putting the ball in his hands to make him throw the ball when you know he hasn't built up that confidence to throw the ball? That That's yeah. when, again, when you're talking about Brees Hall, you're talking about Dalvin Cook. Even though Dalvin Cook might be an older player, I mean, he can still break one on occasion if he has enough if he has enough rushing attempts, he can break one. So, yeah. and Brees Hall, obviously. Your leading rusher being Zach Wilson on the day? That just sounds like coaching incompetency. You, you should know who you have on the field. You have Zach Wilson under center. Run the ball. Run it. Yeah. Not to mention, too, like, you're talking about the top two guys with Brees Hall and Delvin Cook. You still have Michael Carter who did amazing last season in yep. absence of him. A new guy, Ashton Davis, I think he can be fairly, fairly good in this league. On the ball. It's the same thing. I, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get into when the Packers come up. I'm going to talk about this because I am very, very annoyed at the at the lack of some stuff that was going on with the Packers thing. We'll get to it when we get there. But it's the same thing. You got to use your running backs respectively. You got, you got in my opinion, uh, could have been rookie of the year running back with Brees Hall, if he didn't get hurt. You have former All-Pro Delvin Cook. You have a fairly good backup, Michael Carter, and a new guy, Ashton Davis. You guys can run the football. Get that running game going, and then get Zach Wilson activated. Get him confident. He can make some pretty... He can make some big throws. He's got an arm. He's got arm talent. He's not very accurate, but he can make those throws, and he's got good wide receivers around him. Just give him, just give him the chance to get acclimated to it. Hand the ball off a few times. Don't make sure that pressure's not there. And, of course, obviously, you're talking about the three sacks. There's going to be more than sacks because Micah Parsons is there, and that will help relieve the pressure, too, because Micah Parsons will have to respect the run. Yep. If you're running the ball 16 times, it's not respecting the run. That's just going to no. be like, okay, they're going to be passing it. They're passing it over 50% of the time, basically. Insane. Insane. Um, let's talk about these games, the other games. So Cowboys potentially on the road to the Super Bowl. But, again, don't get your hopes up. Again, like Stephen A says, just give it time. Give it time because something's going to happen. Something. Whether it be an injury, whether it be a fluke play that Mike McCarthy calls, whether it be a referee having to place the ball with two seconds left on the clock and the clock expiring before he can actually get the ball off. Something's going to happen for the Cowboys, and it's not going to be good. Um, Week two recap. Let's kind of go down some of these games that were the most exciting this weekend. Eagles and Vikings on Thursday night football. The Eagles came in hoping to get a win, hoping to get that offense going. They got 34 points in this game, so they they were pretty good in this game. Um, But they almost lost it. They almost lost this game. The Vikings had the ball in the final seconds of this game, and they were unable to capitalize to get a touchdown to, to win this game. Um, but Kirk Cousins, 31 to 44, 364 and four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins is still Kirk Cousins. He's still playing at a very high level. And if I told you that stat line for any other Sunday, you would say, yep, the Vikings won. But it, it, Alexander Madison, what is happening with him? I mean, he has been getting, he got some some 
derogatory messages on Instagram and Snapchat or whatnot. I think it was Instagram mostly that were the messages he received. Um, so NFL's already come out condemning those. The Jets have, I mean, the um, the uh, Vikings. Vikings have already come out condemning those. Um, head coach came out and condemned those as well. So I mean, everyone's condemning them. Uh, we do too. But eight rushes, twenty-eight yards, a fumble in this game. You were the number one back in the Minnesota Vikings offense. That should be a pretty easy job for you because you have a guy in Kirk Cousins who throws the ball forty plus times a game anyway. And yeah, you're not to mention your wide receivers. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you have Je- Justin Jefferson there. Do, need I say more? But you're averaging, what is that? Uh, less than four I, yards a carry? I mean, less than three yards a carry. About three yards a carry. Uh, a little over three yards a carry. Can't do basic math. Little over, yeah, a little over three three yards a carry. A little over three yards a carry, and that's all you can average. When you have an offense and get the ball down the field, they're they're expecting the pass with Kirk Cousins, and you have a guy rushing the ball only about three yards a carry. How? How? And fumbling the ball too. Awesome. Um, but you only lost by six points. The Vikings are just not in a good spot right now. Not in a good spot. 0-2 to start the year. Um, not good for the Vikings. But they have the offensive firepower to get something going. They, they need to go on the uh, in the in the free agent market, find a running back to bring in to challenge Madison or something. Trade for somebody. They need to do something because you cannot just let this go away you can't you just can't squander this moment that you have this offense who can break off these huge offensive production performances and then rely on a running back who's only giving you three yards of carry like you, you just you just can't do it um so they need to figure out something with the running back position i don't know if Ma- madison needs to go to church uh you know get blessed by someone do it D- do what you need to do madison but Eight for 28 is just not going to cut it for the Vikings if you want to win games this year. Um, Jalen Hurts, however, 18 of 23, 193 yards, touchdown and interception. I mean, that, that that's just a, that's a normal stat line for Jalen Hurts at this point. Normal stat line. Then the 12-35, two touchdowns rolling. Jalen Hurts. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen yep. Hurts is going to get the ball. He didn't look good in the first half, and then he got activated. And then he was just pushing it. Obviously, those two touchdowns are going to be the the nice uh, rugby QB sneak, which a lot of people were pissed off about. Which I'm like, I get it, but at the same time, just like there's, it's not. They talked about it last year for a reason, and yep. they didn't decide not to ban it. It's it's not it, it, it. People, I hate. I don't like that people are complaining. Like, hey, it's an unfair advantage. I get why they want to talk about it like that. Stop it. You know it's it. coming. You know what's coming? You got you got big boys right there. Get your five biggest men. It's just it's a rugby tackle. As soon as they go down, you guys go down, create a pile, stop them over top. It's gonna yep. happen like that. That's the best way how you stop it. And until somebody is able to stop it, then they're just gonna keep on doing it. I don't think it will I don't think it will be banned. I hope it's not, because the QB sneak is one of the best things. I could see it being you can't push the quarterback from behind. I believe it used to be like that, and then they changed it a few years ago. 
I would be I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that, but I wouldn't be surprised like if they ban the whole rugby style offense. Didn't they say it was like if you pulled an offensive player, the ball carrier, that's a penalty? Wasn't that I a penalty somewhere? Am so. I thinking of college football? I thought it that was might a be college somewhere. football. I know, I know, because I remember <laughs> this is gonna throw how my history is, but I remember in the ice bowl watching a watching a documentary on it. The fullback was talking about how he didn't want to touch Bart Starr because it was a penalty to shove him in the back. That's mm-hmm. why when you see him dive in, he's running in like this. So I th- I wouldn't be surprised they bring that back, bring that penalty back, and be like, hey, you can't push the quarterback. But I, I mean, think, Jay, he's Jalen's still going to get it. Jalen's still going to get it, but I think he has that the also frame go- for it. Yeah, I think that also goes to a whole list of stuff too. Because when you think one thing that I, I that we've been coaching recently is to push the pile, you push the pile forward, especially as you, if you're an offensive lineman, you push the pile. I think that will start to break that down. But I, I wouldn't be surprised they just leave the rugby style how it is and just be like, hey, you guys got to stop it. It's it's powerful. Rugby players do it for a reason. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I, again, if if Jalen Hurts gets within the two the two yard line going into the end zone, he's getting the ball. They're giving him the ball to get in for a QB sneak. Just figure out a way to stop it. That's all you got to do. I mean, uh, defensives. I, I don't know why you're complaining. Just figure out a way to stop it, and then you don't have to complain anymore. John Suggs has entered the chat saying, "Your Titans pulled one out, and let's not mention Green Bay with Love talking over his O-line. Does that make sense I don't to you? Play it. Well, so he said the wrong ready call for his QB sneak to get the yard. And he which... stumbled looking like he was drunk out there. I saw that. Oh, see, he was trying to get it right away. This is, okay, so I'm going to go back to my high school. Our snap for our, if we do a QB sneak, it's a nut tap. Just tap it. That's all you do. I mean, it is Just a little tappy tap. Just do that. Do that. Do you know that. what? I, I, you I bet you I bet the team you're coming up against this coming up weekend is watching the show, saying like, "Oh, yes. if we see that nut tap, we know that's going to be a QB hey, snake." You can't see it. You can't see it. It's underneath the center. You can't see it unless they're looking at it. Which oh, they'll have a spotter. They'll have somebody on the grass on hey, the sideline with binoculars. <laughs> like, oh, he just nut tapped. It's a QB hey, snake. Hey, it works though. It gives us three, four yards. Do it. They're not going to expect it. As soon as that goes, then you go. Like, you don't need to go on this. You don't need to say the, say the, uh, say a thing. You just, you just need your center to go forward. You go forward, fall with the ball, get to an inch. Yep. And he said, "Love <laughs> falling over his O line." That's what he meant. To say. Yeah, I saw that. That was. Yeah. When we get to the Packers, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a U level rant about your Titans. Sounds good. I love that. I'm going to be, I'm very annoyed. We'll go quick through these other games then, because we want to get to our Titans and Green Bay talk. So um, Ravens, Bengals, Ravens beat the Bengals. The big storyline coming out of that game is Joe Burrow. Is he going to come back relatively quickly from his calf injury, his re-aggravated calf injury, which we are both skeptical on. So we'll see how that goes with the Bengals. Um, Lamar Jackson that day, 24-33 for 237, two touchdowns, rushed the ball for 54 yards as well. And Gus Edwards adding a touchdown, 10 of 62. So that, that's good Gus for him bus, baby. as well. Um, let's look at the Seahawks and the Lions, the second, off, uh, the second OT game of the day on top of the Chargers and Titans game as well. Seahawks winning this one, 37-31 against the Lions, which, again, the Lions looked really good. 
It looked really good, but the thing was, the Seahawks got the ball first, and they were able to march down the field and get a touchdown fairly quickly in overtime. So, um, Geno Smith had a pretty good day, 32 of 41, 328 on the day with two touchdowns and 20 rushing yards. Matt Stafford, oh, I'm sorry, we're looking at uh, Jared Goff, 28 of 35 for 323, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, Kenneth Walker, two touchdowns. He's actually showing life, which is good, and uh, I, they want him to show life because yeah, he's he's their bell cow. Uh, John Sugg says they'll sit Burrow one to two weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Surprised. They should. They should. They Who's should. their backup quarterback <laughs> for the Bengals right uh, now? I don't. Wasn't AJ um, McCarron there, or am I thinking of of somewhere else? I think else? he was there, but. But there it is. But he's no, he's. I'm sorry, he was with the XFL now. He's with the XFL team. Right? He's with the XFL now. Let us see. Let us look. At also, another story while, while you're looking at that XFL and USFL are joining forces. Oh, they are for spring football. Yep. I did not hear that. That's that a story that came out cool. earlier today. I actually, you know what? I'll take it because I. Yep. Re- so, I, I was actually watching it a lot, and I was hoping to work for it this upcoming season. I've been sending his Michael's applications out. Jake Browning. But, is yeah, the Jake Browning. Jake Browning and Will Greer is over there. Oh, apparently. that's right. Will Greer did go over there from um, Dallas. Where did he get traded from? Dallas. 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 By that's Dallas right. Because they traded for Trey Lance. That's right. So mm. I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they start Will Greer. Will week. Greer looked really good in the preseason. His last preseason game, the Dallas Cowboys said, "Look, we're not going to keep you, but we're going to put you out there to get some." get some tape on you for other teams to look at you. And Wilgur didn't look bad. Yeah, and their next two is against uh, Rams on Monday night and then Titans. And Rams in, again. In I Nashville. Think it could be, yeah, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a nice two-game stretch for him, especially if Will Greer's in. I think I think against the Rams, obviously, it's the Rams. As much as I say it, as we're talking about, as we're about to talk to the Rams next, I think it could be a good game. Yeah, and then the Titans. I think that could be a good game as well, as long as the Bengals show some life, which they have not looked like. But who knows? Maybe they spring to life between October. We'll see. I mean, it, I think the throwing game, well, the passing game, will be good for the Bengals in two weeks because the passing game is always good against the Titans because our DBs are just not playing the best. Um, hopefully, Christian Fulton gets back from his hamstring injury. It sounds like Mike Vrabel is hopeful that he comes back this week coming up um, against the Browns, but we'll just have to see how that goes. John says Browning is the second quarterback. Greer is limited practice squad. Oh, so he'll be brought up then. He'll be brought up to third string since Burrow's it, yeah, out. Yeah, if, if Burrow's actually going to be out for the next two weeks. We'll I, see. I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad they implemented that rule. I'm very, very glad. I am too. But I wish you could just see. I wish you could just watch it and be like, okay, we're going to put him in the starting role because I don't know. Just I like it more that way. You like it with hey, the third my, quarterback being like thrust in? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like like I was saying before, I remember when this after the I remember this because I remember I was talking about this. After that injury happened, we had our show and I was talking about trying to get like an emergency goalie situation for each team. Somebody on the practice squad and they did it, and I'm just like and then I remember we we're talking about just like just one quarterback for the entire stadium. Yep, It'd yep, just that's be right. funny that way. Yeah, I think yeah. I, knew, I wish that was still just a thing. I think that would be it would just be hilarious. Just get a fan out of the fa- out of the stands. But I I think that would be hilarious. But it's like I wish I could just see them a little bit more, especially like in week one. I wish we could have seen Trey Lance come in for a bit instead of Cooper Rush because I think they would just use him. 
but I'm glad they have this rule now, just getting that third quarterback in, getting somebody acclimated just yeah. in case. Yep. I like it too. I like it too. We've seen so many injuries the past few years, especially the quarterbacks to where the emergency quarterback has been a term used very frequently compared to what it used to be used like. So um, the frequency of it has definitely increased. I think it's good to have that third quarterback and just have that option in case there are injuries to your first two quarterbacks. You have that third one there that actually plays quarterback and not some wide receiver or some punter that's going in as your quarterback instead. So it's, it's or it's unless you're the jets, the Randall Cobb is your emergency quarterback. Yes. <laughs> Randall it's, Cobb. The, it's the New York jets, mm-hmm. New York jets, um, Niners and Rams. This was actually a pretty good game too. Brock Purdy putting up 17 and 25 for two Oh six. And they won 30 to 23 against the Rams. The kid that's uh, that's playing for the Rams right now in place of Cooper Cup, Alchuku. What is it? Jukanuku. Juka. Juka. P U K A. Pukanuka. P U K A N A C U A. Pukanuka. 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 I like Pukanuka. I, I I watched some of his plays. He's actually the first rookie to have twenty plus receptions in his first two games. I think that, that was that yeah, was that, the stat. and then also that, and also like ten reception, ten receptions, and a hundred yards in both his first two games as a rookie. Which I mean, here's the thing though: is a Sean McVay offense, he's going to get the slot player his ball. They're getting the slot player his ball, whether it's Cooper Cup or the Cooper Cup or this kid. Yeah, he's, there's a bunch of his Coop, offense is Coo and Koopa Koopa, a, a bunch of that going on in the Rams organization. Um, but yeah, this kid's, this kid's really looking good so far for Matt Stafford and the Rams. And I, I think Matt Stafford really likes throwing to him. Even when Cooper rush gets I mean, Cooper cup comes back into the game. I think we're going to see a lot of him as well on the field, a lot of targets yeah. between those two. And, and the thing is he really didn't have that last year. He didn't have a second guy that he could really throw the ball to, especially with his elbow injury. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think having that reliable number two this year, especially when Cooper Cup comes back, that's going to be really good for the Rams moving forward. I think that's going to be really yeah. good for Matt Stafford. And as long as that defense holds up, as long as Aaron Donald's out there playing like Aaron Donald, I think they can still remain relevant in the NFC. Yeah, and also, too, last year his number two is Allen Robinson, which I believe he's on the Steelers now. Like, I believe I don't so. Know what happened. I don't know what happened to him. He just sort of fell off ever since... I don't even want to say Chicago because he really wasn't really doing much at Chicago ever since he went to Jacksonville. Left Jacksonville, he's sort of just fallen off completely. Yeah. yeah. So, geez, all right. Well, um, yeah, Purdy out there battling Matt Stafford and won thirty to twenty-three. Uh, Dolphins and Patriots. The last game we'll talk about before we get to our hometown teams. Dolphins pulled out one here. It looked like it could potentially be an upset for the Patriots because of how well their defense have been playing. But Tua goes down there and finds a way. He finds a way to play up against Bill Belichick and the Patriots winning 24-17. to However, the Patriots' uniforms were... I missed it. I missed I missed fire. Pat the Patriot on. I missed it. Fire. I missed those uniforms. I love them so much. As much as I hate the Patriots, those uniforms are just too nice. That all-white helmet with Pat the Patriot on it, bright red. It just it just looks too nice. It's so nice. Too, too nice. I can't wait to watch that because I think they're having they better have it as a winter game this year 
and just have it as a snow game. I really hope that's how it is because it's just going to bring back nostalgia for a lot of people. That'd be legit for sure. Uh, Brian's chiming in saying good evening. Good evening to you as well, sir. Thanks for joining us once again. He always shows up in some form or fashion. Brian always shows up. So thanks for joining us once again. And Brian, um, going to hear us rant about my, the green Bay Packers. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and yeah, Mac Jones looked pretty good too. He threw the ball for 42, he threw the ball 42 times in this game. Only had two, 231 yards though. That's a little concerning. I mean, yeah, I think I'm just good. They have an offensive coordinator this year. I yeah. think that's all Mac Jones is happy about having an offensive coordinator. I His, think the, the offense looks less discombobulated than it did last year. So yeah. I mean, it looks like an offense, which is good. John Suggs says still better than Russell Wilson. Facts. Even though Russell Wilson, I mean, he didn't look terrible. He didn't look bad, but this weekend, I still think it's funny terrible. that they lost. Yeah, it was pretty funny they lost, especially after that Hail Mary that was, first of all, outside the, it was outside of the end zone, first of all. It was like on the three or four yard line. And then like, and then like, someone bounced into the end end zone. Yeah, I I, I didn't get that at all, but it was crazy. That game almost, they almost tied the game on a two point conversion, and there was a potential hold slash. Pass interference call that wasn't called in the end zone, apparently on this on the two-point conversion that led them to being upset. But at the end of the day, Denver lost, and Russell Wilson lost another game. So um, not good for the Denver Broncos there. Hey, Riley scored more than 15 points. True. 17 points. True. Um, Brian says Joe Barry will be the death of this team. Oh, don't worry. I have it more than Joe Barry. Joe Barry's not getting the blunt of it, surprisingly. He's not, which is okay. surprising. But okay. don't worry. I'll get I to the Titans Barry. first because I know you're going yeah, to have this rant. So I'll get to the Titans first. Titans played up against Chargers this week in Nashville. I was at the game. First of all, the first quarter didn't look the best. We had a a new left guard that was in for Peter Skronsky. Come to find out after the game, he had, a, uh, he had an appendectomy. So <laughs> no more appendix for Peter Skronsky. So he might be out again another week. We'll see if that happens. It usually lasts about two weeks is the recovery time typically for an appendix removal. But we'll see. We'll see how Peter feels this week, and hopefully he can get back out there as soon as possible. Um, but we did have a an undrafted free agent fill the spot at left guard. We were told that Dylan Radens, who was a highly coveted draft pick who has not panned out to this point was going to be active this game. And he was going to play in some form or fashion in this game. And after the first quarter, quarter and a half, we found out he was going to be the left guard. Uh, he got subbed in from uh, being the left guard. Xavier Newman Johnson, I believe his name was, um, was the left guard to start this game was abysmal. Well, allowed too many sacks, too many pressures in the game so they decided to make the change, which is something that we did not see last year. Dennis Daly was awful left tackle, many games, many plays, and was never pulled. But Mike Vrabel this year pulled the plug on Xavier very, very quickly. So kudos to Mike Vrabel for dissecting that and figuring out that. Um, he said they were leaking oil in the first quarter and a half of this game because they weren't really getting anything going on offense. Defense-wise, they were keeping them at bay, they only allowed Chargers to score 11 points in the first half at, at, at that point. 
up until Ryan Tannehill comes out on a first down play, chucks the ball down the field to Traylon Burks, a 70-yard pass to Traylon Burks, winds up on about the five-yard line, and that was when Derrick Henry was able to get his, his juices going, get his first touchdown, rushing touchdown of the season. Also, the thousandth touchdown in Titans history happened on Sunday, which was really, really cool to see. Um, but the Titans, man, they, they turned it on. They, they were able to get some of those X plays. And th- this is what the Titans identity is going to be, it seems like. The Titans identity is going to be they're going to move the ball. And if they are if they kick the ball to the team because they, they don't get third down or whatever, fine. Let their defense ride it out. They will have a few X plays throughout the game. We saw two of them in this game, two big ones. Actually, I guess you could say three. The Traylon Burks throw, which is a 70-yard bomb to Traylon Burks, a dot. It was a, a drop in a bucket, which something that we did not see Ryan Tannehill do last week, which Ryan Tannehill bounced back significantly in this game compared to what the Saints game was. Traylon Burks pass. Then you had a pass to Chris Moore down the seam, one-on-one with his defender, and it was a beautiful pass, beautiful catch as well for Chris Moore. And then in overtime to set up the game-winning field goal, Ryan Tannehill drops back, rolls out to the right, and throws a dot to DeAndre Hopkins, who was pretty quiet in this game, to get into field goal position for Nick Folk to kick the game winner. Um, Solid game from the Titans overall. I think that the big thing on defense, the DBs, we were missing Christian Fulton in this game. We were also missing uh, a key guy that was a playmaker last week, um, Amani Hooker. One of our safeties, he was out for this game as well. So hopefully he'll be back this coming up week. He was in concussion protocol. Christian Fulton was nursing a hamstring. So hopefully those two guys will be back on the field for the game against the Browns. But overall, I was very pleased. We were able to get to the quarterback. We were able to get Justin Herbert, disrupt his plays, disrupt his his timing with his wide receivers. Um, we made the plays we needed to make them. And I think the Titans were able to go out there, get that solid win in overtime, 27-24 against the Chargers. And again, this is another game, too, that Staley, his decision-making, reared its ugly head in this game. And that's the reason why this team is 0-2. And that's the reason why I didn't even have them going to the playoffs this year and my playoff predictions, because of the way that Brandon Staley calls games and calls plays. At this rate, I would be shocked if Brandon Staley is the head coach of this team by week eight. I would be shocked if he's still there. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I saw the clips of Khalil Mack trying to guard uh, Tyreek Hill, I believe it was week one. Yeah. Like, why are you having a 35-year-old? I get that Tyreek Hill is older, but it's still Tyreek Hill. Yep. He's still one of the fastest players in the league. Yep, and Khalil Mack's older. So, I mean... Come on. Um, But yeah, that was it for the Titans. Titans go up against the Browns next week. I'm excited about that game because watching that Browns offense last night, our defensive line, Jeff Simmons, Danico Autry, Arden Key, Al Shizier, all of those guys are going to be eating on Sunday in Cleveland against Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson is is a shell of a man. He is nowhere near what he was in Houston. And it's hysterical for us to watch the implosion of the Browns and also the implosion of Deshaun Watson's career in the NFL after everything that's gone on with him. It's just, it's hysterical to me. And all the money that's tied up in that quarterback, it's just, it's laughable. 
but yeah, that's my that's my that's my soapbox this week. Not not as long as it was last week because we actually won. But now I'm prepared to hear what you have to say about the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so first half, we look good. We look fairly, fairly good in the first half. We were moving the ball. One thing that worried me a lot was our running offense. Uh, A.J. Dillon could not keep his feet for the life of him. He kept on tripping over his own two feet a yard in after the a yard after he got the ball. Uh, had let's see, where is it at right here? 15 carries for 55 yards. Like, that's not good for your starting running back. We should have utilized uh, Patrick Taylor or PT Cruiser, as I have now been calling him, and Emmanuel Wilson to a rookie that looks fairly, fairly good in the preseason, a rookie that I believe we have a lot of faith in and we should have a lot of faith in. Uh, Jordan Love, obviously, 14, 25, 151, uh, three touchdowns. Already passed Rodgers last season for now in a three-touchdown game. Rodgers had one. Jordan Love now has two. Um, but that's the that's the first half. First half it looked decent. I think we exploded in the third quarter. Third quarter was sort of our coming out party. We looked fairly good. I think it's been it was like that last week as well. We just got to get our ball rolling in the first quarter and the second quarter a lot more. Third quarter we sort of exploded. Got us at twenty four points. Now here comes the fourth quarter. Do you want to know what our fourth quarter uh sheet was? Tell me. So first, our first drive in the first quarter. Let's see. Okay, it's right here. Pass incomplete. AJ Dillon for two yards. Pass incomplete. Punt. Mind you, we have the lead. We have the lead right now. 24 to 24 to 3, 6, 12. 24 to 12. Basically. 24 to 12. Now, next one. They get a field goal. Okay, 24 to 15. Okay, cool. Still 10 points out. Should probably be running the ball a bit more. Okay. AJ Dillon left tackle. Five yards. Okay, we'll take it. AJ Dillon, four yards. Okay, nine yards. AJ Dillon, no gain. Okay, we'll take it. And then this comes the the false start. This Q QB sneak. Punt. Okay, that was let's see, that was a total of a minute off the clock. Next drive, they get another field goal. So now it's twenty four to eighteen. I, I'm reading this wrong. Never mind. Uh, they got a touchdown. So I, I read it wrong. So they're already <laughs> up. So they got a touchdown before that. I, I My math is off a little bit. Your so math this is after their math second field goal. Yeah, this is their, after the second field goal to get the lead 25 to 24. Passing complete, passing complete, passing complete. Illegal shift, which, by the way, should stop the play. I know this because our offense run a triple option and out of wishbone. It stops the play. An illegal shift stops the play. It stops the play. The play should not be called. We get the play. They get a pass. Get it complete. So now what? So okay, there's flag of the play. Illegal shift. Okay, cool. But the end, they call it incomplete. Play should not have happened then. Play should have been called dead right away. There's nothing in the rule book that says it. That says yes or no. It shouldn't have. But <laughs> John like, Sugg says that play was called Nyquil cold and flu because man looked like the drunken master out there yeah he did he did not look good but after that play but like it should have been called dead and they shouldn't have been able to replay it it should have been okay either like you have to accept it because the play was called dead or you decline it and it's back to fourth down that's my thoughts of it 
it should be like that because I believe that's like that for the NFL. Try looking it up. Nothing says it's yes or no. I've been going through motions trying to find it. I just can't find it. It should be called dead. At least in the high school level, it is called dead. It should have been called dead, and it should, we should have been able to get another play. Uh, but again, like we should have more than just – we should be utilizing more things. We can't go three and out three times when we have the lead 24 to whatever it was, 24 to 15, 24 to 16, something like that. We need to run the ball, get that clock down. Jordan Love looked good. He can run the ball. He looked like a dog. He had a nice 24-yard gain. He can run it. Might as well give him the ball, give your best player the option. And then, of course, obviously, AJ uh, Aaron Jones was out this week with a hamstring injury, so hopefully he gets back next week. But uh, looking back at it, I know we talked about the Jonathan Taylor trade, and I was like, I'm glad we did because we got two really good running backs. AJ Dillon is not looking like himself anymore. I don't know what's been going on with him, but he's on pace to average like 0.5 yards a carry pretty much in this offense. And it looks, doesn't look good. Woof. And then of course, Joe Barry is Joe Barry. I can't wait for him to be gone out of that defense. And we find somebody else. Um, I genuinely think too. I know in the off season, we we're thinking of trying to utilize Keyshawn Nixon as like a joker back, sort of like how uh, Cordell Harrison, but you switch him to offense a little bit. I genuinely think we need to get him the ball. There's been there is multiple times where he's literally jumping, almost falling out of the back of the end zone to get the football to return it back to the 25 yard line, and he's making good plays. I genuinely think we should just move him to the offense for like a for like running back special slot guy, and just try to utilize him at some point because I genuinely think he's that good enough. And then also shout out Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed getting their first touchdowns of the season already. And Jaden Reed already has more receptions and touchdowns rather than uh, Amari Rogers in his career. So that nice. was my little rant. I didn't go much into Joe Barry because that's what I expect from Joe Barry. Obviously, the Ravens or not the Ravens. I saw Ravens because it's bolded. The Falcons are going to be a rushing team. That's their motto. That's their they're running outside zone every single goddamn play, and we just couldn't stop it. Like we got to be able to stop it. Bijan Robinson is. A god, Bijan Robinson should win Offensive Player of the Year this year, Offensive Rookie of the Year at least. But I think it's just going to be one of those things where it's like we need our offense to be better, so so we can minimize our defense being on the field. Brian says I couldn't have said it better myself. Also, we have John. He was chiming in saying, "Next game against the Saints and their defense is going to be a slow game, in my opinion." Which I mean, all the Saints games so far this season have been slow. Okay, it's been a dog fight. No, it has. The one thing, too, that sucks about the Saints, even though I'm glad we're facing him, and I'm glad. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm glad he's hurt because he was a former Green Bay Packer. Jamal Williams is more than likely going to be out with his, I believe, it's hamstring. More than likely going to be out. So we're not going to have to face him. And him against his former team has been bad for us. You saw it last year, week 17. He gashed us for almost 100 yards. So now they're down to a third-string quarterback, a third-string running back. They have Derek Carr in. I think it could be good. But again, I still worry about our run defense. Our run defense has been non-existent for the past three seasons. And it's just, I get, I get stopping the run is hard, but they can't be getting, they can't be having multiple players be basically, let's see, how many, I know Bichon had 124, Tyler Algier had 48, and Desmond Ritter had 39. They had 211 yards rushing as a team. Mm. Like, that should not be happening. You, no. you you guys had 84 on 21. They had 45 and two to 11 with one touchdown. Like that should not be happening. Yep. They almost had more rushing yards than they did passing yards. Like that cannot be a thing against yep. this offense. We got, we have too many good 
players. I think our linebackers need some work. Don- Devondre Campbell had a good game. He had, I believe he had 17 tackles, 14 tackles. Quay Walker had 17 tackles. Quay Walker is starting to step up. Our D-line needs to be stronger. Obviously, a lot of them are young, but Kenny Clark needs to be that guy in the middle. We just haven't had that guy in the middle since since BJ Raji, honestly. We haven't had that big body in the middle, but they will just clog gaps. And obviously, outside zone, we need to have our athletes be athletes and Preston Smith and uh, – Kingsley in uh, Barkway was not able to do anything. We got our ankle snapped multiple times by just guys over pursuing to the ball. They they didn't gonna stop and break down sooner. And it's just we just need to work on our run defense. And it's just it's not gonna happen if Joe Barry's still there. Yeah, John Suggs said Green Bay needs to change something with their run defense as well. He agrees with you there. He also said I see Green Bay brought in six players this week for workout. Three names to keep an eye on is Thyric Pitts, Ellis Merriweather, and Jerrion Ely. I've not heard of any of them. So look at those three honestly. names. Keep an eye out. Uh, so there you go. That those That's the recap for week two in the NFL of the biggest games that happened and also our favorite teams as well. Let's go into looking at the teams that are currently 2-0. and Okay, with this next segment before we leave, we're going to talk about the 2-0 and teams. We're going to talk about the 0-2 teams. Which 2-0 and team, you get to pick one, is going to miss the playoffs? in your opinion, and which 0-2 team, in your opinion, is going to make the playoffs. I will start with you first. Um, oh, John Sugg says with 2-0 and teams, Bucks will be the team that will miss the playoffs, and he's got them beating the Eagles this weekend. So, you, you, John, you're saying that the Bucks will miss the playoffs this, this year after starting 2-0, and I'm guessing. So I'll start with you, Tyler, with your 2-0 team. Which 2-0 team do you think will miss the playoffs this year? Um, I mean, looking at it, obviously, like, I got to look at the two divisions. In the AFC, there's not really much. I see the Dolphins are 2-0. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to. I believe I had them winning their division, or I had the Bills winning it. I know I had those two making it. Walt Ravens, I could see them making the playoffs, especially in the AFC North. You only have one. You only get to pick one. One. I know. I'm, su- I'm saying they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying so they're going to make are the making playoffs. playoffs. Okay, Ravens are making the playoffs. Okay. Ravens are making the playoffs. Dolphins are making the playoffs. Those are the two teams that are 2-0 right now. Go to the NFC. Dallas, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think, think so, too. They're going to yeah. make the playoffs. I think so. Eagles, 2-0, making the playoffs. My Washington Commanders that you laughed at me for are 2-0. They're going to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. I go I go down here to the NFC South. Falcons, 2-0. I, honestly, I'm going to have them making the playoffs. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Saints, 2-0. They have a really good defense. Really I'm good worried defense. about that defense. I'm yep. worried about that defense. They're going to yep. go 2-0. Buccaneers. No. As much as Baker's coming back, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a dog fight with them. I think the Buccaneers are going to miss it. I, I wish they don't. I hope Baker Mayfield is able to find his home in Tampa Bay, but I think it's just going to be that one thing where there's just too many themes. John's, I, I I think the lines are going to make it too. John Sugg says the Bucks will make the playoffs. Um, he also says a 2-0 team that will miss the playoffs is the Washington Commanders. Two no teams that I'm looking at that could miss the playoffs. 
There's one. If I could pick one team to miss the playoffs this year, I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna have to say the Falcons. I think. I think right now, with their quarterback play, Desmond Ritter, I don't think he can do it on his own, and they need a passing game too. And I mean, he's been okay to start the season but once he starts playing up against quality quality talent on the other side of the, of the field I don't think he'll be able to make it I, I think that it's just a a mirage what we're seeing right now with the Falcons is a mirage that they're playing close games like they did last year but again once they start hitting quality opponents in their schedule I think we're going to see them slowly but surely they went off to a hot start last year as well Last year was a pretty hot start for the Falcons, too. People were saying, oh, Marcus Mariota is getting them out there. They're able to go out there and and play and compete. But then look what happened after that. Uh, They had a a bad stretch, and then Marcus Mariota left the team to go be with his wife, who was having a child, but didn't really tell the team what was happening and wasn't talking to them or whatever. Now he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, But of those teams, I would say that uh, the Falcons would probably miss it. I just think of Bijan Robinson. I just think like he's just going to be the X factor for that team. As long as Desmond Ritter can get the athletes the ball, aka Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts and Bijan, I think they're going to go far. Especially with this being another fact that I put in there was that this was uh, Desmond Ritter's first pick he's ever thrown in his career, and he almost threw three of them, so he got lucky. But I think if he's able to keep onto the ball and not give up the ball, I think it could be Falcons just being running out the clock very, very fast with Desmond Ritter and Bijan and them. I think Alex is referring to you in this comment. He says he only knows 14 teams can go to the playoffs, right? I mean, yeah, three. So Dallas, Eagles, Commanders, Packers. I think, actually, no, I said Lions beforehand. Falcons. Did. So if, one, if, two, three. if three teams from the NFC go, then NFC West, uh, NFC East go, then only the division winners in the North, South, and East one, two, can go three. as well. Or right. West can go as well. No, one more can go because it's seven. So it's seven wild oh, cards. So one, two, never mind, three, it's seven. Yes. Four, five, six, seven. So yeah, so I had it right. So you said Dallas Eagles command. Oh, I, I, I need to look back at your playoff prediction. We'll talk about that. I, I, my playoff predictions are, are going to be very, very wrong. I So right now, I would say that I have those three teams going. I don't think Minnesota's going to make it. Okay. Uh, John Sugg says, I mean, it's early. What if Tua gets hurt? Which... He's he's actually been had the clean. I don't think he's gotten hit this season so far. I don't think he I think has. there was he's a stat that there was. He's either hasn't gotten sacked this season or he hasn't gotten hit at all this season so far. Yeah, and also too during the preseason when he did get hit, he has actually shown like he's learned how to take a hit and fall correctly. Well, he's he's been playing. He's know. been uh, with jujitsu. He's been training with jujitsu. Um, in the off season to learn how to fall whenever things get hit and whatnot. So I mean, yeah, hey, it's he's, a he's, it's a good talent too. Yeah, good and he also has a different helmet this year too. A helmet that has a, a bit a bit extra padding on the back and on the sides of his helmet as well. So I mean, as of right now, it's keeping him in games, which is good. Um, John Sugg says, "What if Lamar gets hurt?" Which that happens quite a bit. I was going to say the Baltimore Ravens. But looking at the division, the only other team that can actually make it would be the Bengals, which we'll get to the 0-2 teams in just a minute. Um, John Sugg says Dolphins cannot go far without Tua, which 
You're not wrong. I mean, I mean who's, Mike White? who's behind? Mike White. White Mike is White. behind. Yeah, Mike White's behind him. Hey, here's oh, the thing, man. You just need a quarterback that can throw it to Tyreek. Yeah. Get the ball to Tyreek. Unless he Get has an ankle injury. Unless he has yeah, uh, unless hamstring. He has unless, you know. The, the one thing I do worry about the Dolphins, though, is that defense. I, I genuinely am worried if Jalen Ramsey does not come back if their defense is going to stick up because I don't like Eli Apple out there. I think he's giving up way too much. Way too much. He looks bad. He looks bad. Yep. I agree. Um, okay, let's let's look at the 0-2 teams now. Which 0-2 team will make the playoffs this year if you had to pick one? I had to pick one. I'm going to stick with my guts and say that this team that I said before was going to I know be exactly the first overall about. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Yep. I, the Los Angeles Chargers. I They just need to be smart, which I think Brandon Staley is too smart for his own good. He needs to go into a bar with just a bunch of idiots to dumb him down. And then I think he'll be smart enough to, to do this. I think he's too smart for his own good. His defense is too complicated. But he needs to dumb it down a bit, and then they can be good. John Sugg says the Pats. Patriots that's that's an interesting pick John very interesting pick I would have to say of the 0-2 teams that are out there so far people would probably say you know what it's probably gonna be the Bengals again the Bengals are gonna do it again because Joe Burrow Joe Burrow's gonna come back it's gonna be fine he's, he's gonna come back um John Suggs also says barely lost to two great teams but you didn't win if you're the Pats. I know John's not a Pats fan. But you did, you still didn't win. Um, you have to win I those mean, none games. None of these teams won. True. You have to win those games, though. I mean, if you're the Patriots, if you're wanting to make a name for yourself, you have to win those games. Um, I would say of the 0-2 team, 0-2 teams that are out there, it's very hard for me to not see the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs this year. Yeah. It's it's very, very difficult. And the thing is, too, seeing these 0-2 teams that are out there, there's some very good 0-2 teams that are out there right now that we could potentially see multiple. We could see more added to that list that we talked about earlier, the 30 teams out of the 265 teams that were 0-2 to start the season between 1990 and 2022. 30 of those teams actually made it to the playoffs. I think we could probably see a few more added to that list this year of 0-2 teams that could potentially go to the playoffs. The Chargers, the Bengals, the Vikings. Uh, John, don't don't make me laugh. He says Houston. D- oh, Stop it. The Cardinals are going to have the 1-2 pick this year. Stop it. That's not going to happen. Uh, well, that that's Houston will have a better record than the Panthers. I think. I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. They're going to have a very similar record. I could say that. They're going to have a very similar record. So it's going to be very hard for me to pick between the two, but they're both going to be bottom feeders this year. They do face the Cardinals. That's the only team I see on this that I'm like, okay, they could probably win that one. Meh. Uh, it, it's, it's very tough. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Vikings will, will make it. I think they'll figure out the running back position whether it be bringing in somebody, whether it be giving more carries to the second and third string running backs instead of Madison to kind of get him going some some way, some way or somewhere, some way to say, you know what, look, we're going to bench you, figure it out in your head, give him some tough love, 
and then bring him back out on the field. I, something it's got to give. I think the Vikings will still make it, so they'll figure out a way. Kevin O'Connell, yeah. he, he's a he's been a good coach so far. I've really liked Kevin O'Connell too. We actually have some really like, good young up and coming coaches in this league right now, and and I'm I'm very yeah. excited to see a lot of them. So yeah, I just stuff. like this stat because I just did the uh, point differential on these teams. Obviously, it's only through week two. Dallas Cowboys. Going back to the Dallas Cowboys, they're plus 60 point differential. Obviously, they faced the cow, the Giants and shut them out. Chicago Bears are minus 28. Much as, this, much as things change, oh. they stay the same for Chicago. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And Justin Fields, man, it. MVP potential coming into the season. Guys were saying, oh, look, watch out for the Chicago Bears. Watch out for Justin Fields in year three. He's going to be killing it out there. Uh Check the yeah, the QB school just <laughs> dropped a 90-minute video on him today. Not good. His son. Yeah, not that's good. not good, especially when the QB school is dropping a 90-minute video on you. John Suggs, Jordan Field is better than Justin Fields, which I, I agree. Jordan Field is better than Justin Fields? Jordan Love is better than Justin Fields. There you go. I, I agree. I mean, I agree. I think I was texting, I was texting my buddies. Uh, I feel like I cursed it a little bit because I texted them before halftime saying this. You want to know what I texted them? What? I think we've done it again. I mean, I j- like there was playing well. points in that, there's points in that game after that big run. I think Brian knows what I'm talking about. That 24 yard run, he got up and was talking his smack, and I think we found another one. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but he 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 had that he had that Rogers in him, just like that. I don't care. As long as you Man. can maintain a defense for no, Jordan Love fun. in funny. Green Bay, you're funny. You're maintain funny. Having I know. a defense. That's the thing you need, and the thing is, you have money now. You have wiggle room now, especially with Jordan Love's Not contract. Really. You have some wiggle room compared to what you know you would be paying have, Aaron Rodgers. Have, uh, we still have, even though I'm wearing his jersey and I can't really talk smack to him. We have Mister Questionable David Bakhtiari. He's going to be questionable every single day because he's not going to practice. Mm. Um, Brian says, I know exactly what you're talking about. John also chimed in saying, I wonder if teams are bringing up again about running backs. Another running back hurt this year. Been like eight so far. Eckler, Barkley, Chubb, and a few more. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, John, but yes, Eckler as well. And another thing too for the Titans, the Titans have yet to face a starting running back this year. And they probably won't until maybe week five. Nick Chubb is out for the Browns. They were Eckler was out for the Chargers this weekend. Last weekend, the, Char- the Alvin Kamara was out with a suspension. So we have yet to face a starting running back this year. I think I saw I was I saw something earlier today that apparently the something with like the NFL or the NFLPA is looking into an investigation with the running backs and trying to play hurt or something like that, and like seeing if they're quote unquote faking. There was injuries. a report. There was a report that. from the NFL. NFL is filing a grievance against NFLPA, grievance. Okay. saying that someone from the NFLPA, whether it be a vice president or something along those lines, on a call, told players, told running backs in particular, to fake injuries to to help get better pay. Hey. It's kind of like a kind of like a a sit in, like an NFL version of a sit in, essentially. Yeah, like, I'm just like I don't I don't think it's I don't think that's gonna be a thing, but I mean it could be, especially with some of these guys that are like, 
oh, I twisted my ankle a little bit. Like, I don't really want to play, but. John Suggs says, I would ra- even ra- I would even say I'd rather have love over Jimmy G. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. I would. More even upside. As, even as a Better non-Packer upside. fan, like, I would take love over Jimmy G. He could yeah. barely move anymore. Better upside. Uh, Brian said, we've been saying this for the past few years, talking about the defense. Yes. Yeah, we need Maintain a defense. defense. If you can give him a, a defense, I know that David Bakhtiari has a lot of money tied up as well. But I want to look at this thing. You, you should. I mean, the Packers should have at least middle of the road salary cap for next season. And if that's the, the case, next... that's still more than what you would have had if you had Aaron Rodgers. So that would still help you get players in free agency or even a trade, maybe, Let's to see. get some so more next defensive players. Season. Next season, it looks like we're at like 20.7 million. That's not 20, 22nd. Uh, ranked 22nd with available okay. cap space, which, I mean, it's not bad, but it's like, here's the thing, though. We have ballers on the defense. Mm-hmm. We have good, our front seven is very, very good. I worry a little bit about our DBs, but we still have we still have Jair Alexander. Um, Rasul Douglas is looking, Rasul Douglas is in a safety, my bad. But he's still a corner, he still looks decent. Um, God, blanking on his name. Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage Jr. has is looking decent, like, yeah, Jordan Love has a new contract. I think we just need a we just need a new defensive coordinator. We just need a new person calling the plays that's not Joe Barry. Like we have good players, but it's just like we just need to put it all together. Yeah. Like we like a few years ago, I remember we had a pretty good defense and our special teams let up. What we went and got Rich Versaccia, one of the best special teams coordinators ever, in my opinion. I think he's very, very good at his job. Very, very good at his job. And now we got Rick Joe Barry who's dragging the team down and we need to change him out right away mm. and that's what i worry about with matt lafleur too if he's becoming a little bit too uh buddy buddy with some of the coordinators and not wanting to let him go because i mean i could i could see it happening just be like hey we've had you for three years i think it's a little bit past his due and obviously especially since you don't have a owner to mm. say hey we need to fire this guy it's it's tough it's a lot rough than yep. having just mark murphy be like, hey, I'm the president, and I can't really. Yeah, obviously, he's going to throw his own stuff in, but it's it's rough. John says Steve Wilkes will go to Green Bay next DC for a pay raise from the Niners. I mean, hey, I'll take it. Anybody that's not different. Joe Barry, someone different. Yep, different. I miss uh, who's our our? We had a defensive coordinator. Used to be the a linebacker for the Steelers forever ago. Kevin Green, I think it was. I think he was like our defensive coordinator while ago I mean, it's a good well, it wasn't good enough for aaron Rodgers to win a super bowl a i think it one. was i think it was our uh he was our defensive coordinator when we won the super bowl though hmm. yeah 2009 to 2013 including the that was okay. our best defense it was during that time 2009 to 2013 that was when we had a great defense then we fired him because of course but he recently obviously he passed sort of oh. recently at 58 so uh, he passed in 2020. So I was about to say you can resign him, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, three years that. ago, which is rough. But yeah, he was. I'm surprised I pulled that that he played for the Steel Curtain. I remembered that, but I'm surprised. Hmm, crazy. Um, but that does it for the show this week. Uh, before. We-
Sorry. Before we get going, I do want to say that we are still doing the giveaway. So head over to our YouTube channel, JDF Media, and also follow us on underscore JDF Media and OOB Podcast on Instagram. And you are entered in to win a jersey of your choice up to $150. Um, once we hit 500 YouTube subscribers, we will do that giveaway. So head on over and follow us there. Subscribe to our channels and We'd love the support there. Also, if you're listening to the audio version of this on podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Google, Apple Music, Spotify, if you're listening to us there, thanks for listening. If you are not listening to us there, feel free to go over and subscribe to the podcast. Also, give us a five-star rating if you haven't done so yet and give us a good review. We would love the love there as well. And this week, Tyler, what are you looking forward to the most in week three? Oh, our first home game. That's good. That's a good thing. We were playing our first home game this year. What number are you on the list? I know that uh, Darren Ravel came out on Twitter this past weekend talking about his progression on the list of season ticket holders for the Green Bay Packers. I think he's at number oh, I'm not on the thousand or something like that. Crazy. I am not on that list. I did not. Well, the list up, is insane. The list is insane. It is insane. So. But there is one thing, too, that I want to talk about really fast before we shut sure. out. So I don't know if you guys heard. I don't know if you heard as well, but um, the Dale Mooney, the guy who passed away at the Patriots game, unfortunately. I did. I didn't did hear, hear about that. that. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, Dov Kielman just posted a GoFundMe for his family. Obviously, any little bit helps. Obviously, it sucks that you had to do it, that he did pass away, but it was watching something you loved. At least it happened. Not, I don't want to say at least it happened there, but it was doing something you loved watching football, and it's like it sucks that this had to happen, but. I mean, goes to his GoFundMe. It's on, it's on his Twitter. Uh, sure. Yeah, go check that helps, out. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're watching out there and listening on the audio version, we will talk to you next week on Tuesday, right here on JDF Media at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But until then, enjoy the football. We'll talk to you soon.